Paul McDonald breaks down the latest in North Dakota sports. We send it live to the host of Super Sports Saturday. Here's Paul McDonald. Uh, welcome, welcome to another edition of Super Sports Saturday, our final Super Sports Saturday of August. Yeah, the uh, fall sports season in full vigor. And uh, coming up on today's show, we're going to be talking football, college, and high school. We're also going to be talking college volleyball, high school tennis, and cross country on the docket today. So lots to talk about on today's edition of Super Sports Saturday. And we're going to kick it off with uh, our weekly, now will become a weekly segment where uh, yours truly, Steve Lensmeyer, kind of rehash what went on this past week. And the main topic today, of course, is the paint bucket game. University of Jamestown and Valley City State University playing on Thursday night, kicking off the uh, college football season at Lockin Stadium and Shelly Ellick Field. A great football game to start the year. And we're going to kick things off with that conversation. Myself and Steve Lensmeyer coming up. Our opening segment is right around the corner. It's Super Sports Saturday, so stick around. Check out the new daily specials at Central Avenue Health Mart Pharmacy, your locally owned pharmacy. Every Monday is Memory Mondays, 20% off scrapbooking and picture frames. Tuesday is two for Tuesday, buy one, get one free on all Health Mart products. Wednesday is Whimsical Wednesday, 20% off home decor. Thursday is Toy Thursday, 20% off all toys. Friday is Fabric Friday, 20% off all crafts. And Saturday is Serious Saving Saturday with a discount drawing at time of purchase. Central Avenue Health Mart Pharmacy, downtown Valley City, Health Mart, caring for you and a about you. Back here on Super Sports Saturday, the final Super Sports Saturday of August, as uh, it is officially going to be fall here coming up in September. Labor Day weekend. Hope you're enjoying your weekend. And right now, joined by uh, Steve Lensmeyer, the voice of the Jimmies and Blue Jays. Steve, how you doing today? I'm doing uh, doing pretty good. Uh, wish wish Thursday night would have turned out a little different, but I guess you can't win them all. Tell you what, though, what a great uh, crowd and what a g- great game it was uh, for the 121st meeting between these two rivals. The the atmosphere was incredible, Paul. I mean, it was well. You saw it. I mean, it, there was there was standing room only. There, I mean, the whole fence line was you know was filled with people. There were some spots where it was three, four people deep along the fence. I mean, it was just an incredible atmosphere. And this is why these coaches want to play these games because it gives your student athletes a chance to play in a game that means something to a lot of people. The Jamestown Valley City rivalry has been played continuously since 1941. I mean, Paul, you were just a young pup back in 1941. Just getting out of diapers. <laughs> but, I mean, it's been uh, it's been a game that uh, has just continued to be played uh, year in and year out. And uh, talking with Coach Mistro and uh, talking to Coach Mack, it sounds like this is a game that is going to continue despite the fact the Jimmies will have 10 league games starting in 2021 with the addition of Mount Marty to the GPAC, but they're still going to plan on uh, week zero the Jimmies and the Vikings uh, kicking things off. Well, last night, uh, a lot of things, uh, really a, a tale of two games. You look at that first half, and I know that the Viking defense really played strong in the first half. The second half, the Jimmies uh, kind of punched back a little bit in that second half. Well, the the Jimmies issue the last couple of years has been once they get it inside the 25, they've stalled out too many times over the last uh, two, three, four years. I mean, they've, 
They've had some really good offensive drives that just have not ended in points. And we saw that a little bit in the first half. I can think of two drives right away that that got inside the 25, and then it was like a steel curtain got put up, and uh, the, the drive was over. So uh, that's where they're going to have to clean some things up. But in the second half, uh, I like the way they were able to finish a couple of drives, and I thought Jordan Mann had a great second half. Uh, I know Jordan uh, ex- very well. He coached with me this summer. I got to know him. He's a super confident kid. So I know that, uh, you know, his struggles in the first half were not going to at least mentally carry over to the second half. He was going to start fresh, and uh, certainly he did. Um, and I uh, was impressed with the way he played. That fourth down conversion on fourth and 12 uh, was, was, I thought, was leading to the things of legends. I mean, it looked like he was going to, you know, kind of lead them back and, and put his name uh, among some of the uh, the Jimmy Viking uh, great performances, and it just it it fell short. But uh, what a great second half for him and uh, the offense as a whole to bounce back. You you talk about game of inches, and I think on a one play on I think I don't know if it was the final drive or second to last drive, he had Garrett Mitchell over the seam open. If that pass is just a tish higher, Mitchell has it for six points. They take the lead, but Hanready was able to get his hands in there, knock it away. Yeah, the the whole game. I mean, I can think back to a couple different spots where uh, you think about the big conversion from Jalen Pfeiffer where he broke a tackle in the backfield and and threw it down the sideline, and T.J. Milk was sitting there ready to intercept it, and the ball was just out of his fingertips. I mean, the whole game was played um, as a game of inches. Marcelo Sanchez drops what could have been a big man pick six um, in the the first half. So, I mean, there was – there was so many times in this game where both teams made some great plays. The the throw to Sloka down the sideline that Russell broke up. Um, so really, that was just this game in general. And even the end when uh, when Mann had the the chance to uh, maybe get the first down and then he fumbles and um, you know he was pretty close to picking up that first down had he not fumbled. So the the whole game boiled down to just a couple of plays that either way could have just severely changed the momentum. And uh, unfortunately for Jamestown, all of those plays of inches that I can think of off the top of my head seemingly went to Valley City. So it was just uh, it was just one of those uh, tough nights. Jimmy's could not uh, could not get the ball to bounce their way a few times. And special teams can always play such a huge role in football games. Uh, we've seen it on the professional level, and in the game on Thursday night, a block punt. Uh, by Kosowski, that led to the first touchdown, and then Arandano misses a field goal and an extra point, which could have uh, changed uh, the outlook of that game as well. Yeah, special teams played a huge factor, and it always does uh, seemingly uh, when the Jimmys and Vikings get together. I've always been so impressed with uh, the the special teams game that uh, that Coach Mack and his staff has put on the field. They always have a couple of wrinkles, a couple of things that uh, that try to you know throw the the opposers off and. Um, we're going to see this all year from the from the Jimmy Punt team is we're going to see the other team coming after punts. I mean, they had so many so much trouble last year uh, in the in the punt game with snaps and blocked punts, and now you have the first punt of the year get blocks. So we're going to see that all season long. Ten guys line of scrimmage, and they're just going to start coming. And uh, the Jimmys will have to figure out a way to to shore that up a little bit. And obviously, Coach Mistro's background. The last couple of years, he spent uh, as Concordia special teams coordinator. So I know he's trying to, um, you know, implore some of that stuff that he used uh, with the Cobbers. But the thing about special teams, it's about depth. I mean, these aren't guys that are going to play, you know, 40, 50 snaps in a game. They're the guys that, you know, are going to get five to 10, maybe 20 uh, meaningful snaps. And then they're going to be asked to to play all the special teams plays. So 
it, it really comes down to who's deeper in the special teams game, and that's where the Jimmys have struggled, and I don't think there's any secret about that at this point. Of course, Luke Kionis goes off for 249. Uh, you can see what's going to be a strength of this Viking football team is oh. is the ground game. He was impressive. He he looked as fast as – I mean, I've watched Luke Kionis now for three, four years uh, be the guy for the Vikings, and I've always sort of thought he was a little bit more of a – yeah, I don't want to say a plotter because he's not. He was never slow, but just more of a a one cut guy. But man, I I thought he looked very impressive um, last night with his ability to get onto the edge, you know, find the seam, cut back, make another move. Uh, I really liked what I saw from Kunonis last night. And if he can keep that going, uh, the Vikings have a chance to uh, to put up some pretty gaudy offensive numbers. And obviously, uh, the second half without Jake Peterson certainly. Uh, changed things for the Vikings a little bit as well, and, and they basically dared the Jimmies. They said, hey, we don't have our, our top guy, you know, our top wide receiver. You guys have put some pressure on Pfeiffer. We've gotten away with a few things in the past game. We're just going to start running it until you can stop us. And, you know, for the most part, the Jimmies did not have an answer for Kunonis last night. Well, the first game at home for in the Mistro era next Saturday. Of course, obviously off this week. Next Saturday, I believe Dickinson State comes to town. Yeah, the ninth-ranked Blue Hawks, who actually lost their Week Zero game uh, last night against uh, the Rocky Mountain College, twenty-three twenty-one. Y- you know that Dickinson's going to be, you know, extremely good. They did not lose a ton. I mean, obviously, you lose a guy like Jay Leggins, who is a field tilter. Uh, that certainly changes things. But you get Hayden Gibson back. You get a lot of those skill position guys back. They've always had a strong stable of running backs. Uh, defensively up front, their front seven's been as good as any in the country uh, the last couple of years. So they're gonna they're gonna cause some problems for just about anybody, and um, they're gonna cause a lot of problems for the Jimmies, I think, on Saturday. Jamestown, I think, going back now, ten or twelve years has has not beaten Dickinson State. My first year, the Hawks scored with forty seconds to go, and then went for two and won the game. Actually, less than forty, like eight seconds to go, and they won the game on a two-point conversion. So uh, that's the last uh, real competitive game between the Jimmies and the and the Hawks. They just have not been able to uh, to hold the Hawks down. And when you've got a team like that coming to town, you got to be sharp. And uh, it's going to be a, a tough week of practice for the Jimmies to get ready for uh, Hayden Gibson and the Hawks next week. Looking at the G-Pack, uh, Steve, who are some of the teams that are going to be right there in the G-Pack this year? Well, it was kind of a, a rough night for the G-Pack on Thursday. Uh, you had Doan getting crushed by Ottawa. Uh, you had Dakota Wesleyan losing to uh, Dakota State. You had the Jimmys losing to Valley City State. Uh, not, overall, just not a not a great start to the to the season for uh, for the GPAC. But obviously, you look at Morningside; it, it starts there. The defending national champs. Granted, Trent Salzma's gone. Uh, their stud wide receiver, I, I think it's Niles. I can't think of his first name. Uh, he's gone. I mean, Salzma threw seventy-two touchdown passes last year. I mean, you don't just you just don't find a guy to replace that, um, and and so they're going to uh, they're going to have some uh, question marks at the quarterback position. I mean, I'm sure they've got somebody ready to go, but they get eight of eleven starters back on on offense, and an offense that was extremely pro- prolific. I just read an article the other day in the Sioux City Journal. Their running back said uh, his goal is two thousand yards, <laughs> and uh, I fully expect him to uh, have a legit shot at uh, at two hundred yards and. It starts with Morningside. Then you got to look at at Northwestern. Um, uh, I can't uh, Coima. I can't think of Coima's first name. I want to say Tyson Coima, uh, the quarterback for Northwestern. 
Um, he's as good as it gets. Uh, he's elusive. He's athletic. He has a big-time arm. Um, he's fun to watch. They're going to be very good. They uh, Jamestown uh, goes to Northwestern uh, at the end of September. And then uh, I think the other team that's going to be kind of in that top three is going to be Dort. Uh, they did lose last night to Kaiser 31-27, uh, but Kaiser's an up-and-coming program. But I think uh, I think Dort's going to be uh, going to be the team. The, the question mark for Dort is: Can they find a competent quarterback to kind of be the guy? Because that that is the only position I felt like they were lacking uh, when we were there uh, in 2018. They're just so solid. They've got the, the big time running back. Um, they've got all the the position players in place. They just need to find the quarterback to kind of take them to that next level and. I mentioned this with Coach, Coach Mistro, and you'll hear about this uh, in the interview with him, or maybe you already did, about uh, about September. They've got three ranked opponents on the schedule in September. They've got ninth-ranked Dickinson State, 24th-ranked Dort, and 11th-ranked Northwestern. It's a tough stretch coming up here for the Orange and Black. And uh, the Vikings will be at Northern Northwestern here uh, this n- next weekend, so we'll be uh, yeah, hitting the road to Orange City uh, here next Saturday. You'll get to see uh, Tyson Coima up close and personal. He is uh, an impressive quarterback. Well, before I let you go, uh, Steve, I just want to uh, publicly congratulate your dad. I know getting inducted into the, uh, I think, the Pine City uh, Hall of Fame and uh, Coach Lindsmeyer over there, and I just, uh, nice uh, nice honor for, for dad. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. I'm actually going to miss the Northwestern game uh, on September 28th uh, when the Jimmys travel to, to Orange City. Uh, I'll be uh, in Pine City, and I get the honor of actually uh, introducing my dad uh, in the Hall of Fame, I I actually wrote the speech before he asked me, kind of thinking that maybe he would, uh, and then uh, he did in fact ask me to do it, and I'm extremely honored to uh, to get the chance because Paul, I played for my dad for I, I played I played eight organized basketball games my entire life from fifth grade to varsity where my dad wasn't on the bench. I mean, so I and he was the varsity baseball coach for 20 years, so I, I got to be you know the guy that uh, that got his 200th uh, 200th win. I got the final out. Uh, in that victory, um, so it was. Uh, it's some pretty special moments my dad and I have shared, and uh, looking for, forward to one more later this month. Talk about a front row seat. Uh, absolutely. I mean, I, I was there through it all, and uh, he, he deserves it. He, uh, he. I mean, you put you put almost thirty years on the basketball bench in one town, and twenty years uh, leading the baseball team to three section championship games. Um, what he did over his uh, his tenure was pretty impressive, and uh, I'm looking forward to getting a chance to introduce him. All right. Well, can tell him uh, congratulations uh, from uh, from me, and uh, he doesn't know me from Adam, but uh, it's there. I will. I will. I'll uh, I'll let him know. Thanks, Paul. You bet. Well, uh, Steve, uh, good talking as usual, and uh, again, uh, kind of off this week for college football, and uh, and have a great Labor Day weekend. We'll talk again next week. You too, my friend. That is Steve Lensmeyer, voice of the Jamestown Jimmies and Jamestown Blue Jays. We'll get more into uh, the Blue Jay sports coming up next week. We'll be back with more Super Sports Saturday. That interview he was talking about with Coach Mistral, we'll hear that next. Hey, listeners, this is Casey Glant with Go Promo, the region's number one promotional vendor for your school. If your school, team, or fans need custom apparel with embroidery and screen printing services and you need them on time, just Go Promo. Need an easy way for everyone to place their order? Just Go Promo. Go Promo creates custom online stores just for your school or team and kicks back 10% of sales to you as a fundraiser. Visit justgopromo.com or call 877-99-PROMO to learn more. Go Promo. Consider it branded.
Paul McDonald back with you in studio here on Super Sports Saturday. And before we get to our interviews from our coaches from the game on Thursday night with Coach Dennis McCulloch from Valley City State and Brian Mistro from University of Jamestown, let's get and hear from some of the highlights of this game and what went on on Thursday night. And the Vikings got on the scoreboard first at 6.09 of the opening quarter. It was uh, after a blocked punt by the Vikings. They were able to uh, get great field position and a two-play, 12-yard drive culminating with the first of what's going to be probably many touchdown passes between uh, Jalen Pfeiffer and Jake Peterson. Second and eight from the 10-yard line for Valley City State at the Jimmy 10-yard line. Pfeiffer barking out signals. Now he's back to pass. Looking, lobbing it, near side, going for Peterson, cut! Touchdown, Valley City State! Pfeiffer lobs it up into the near corner and finds uh, Jake Peterson for the touchdown. And the Vikings are on the board with 6.16 to go. That is a two-play, 12-yard drive and took uh, about 45 seconds off the clock. The extra point was no good by uh, Landon Arredondo, and it was uh, 6 nothing. Well, then Valley City State would come back, and at 10.41 of quarter number two, they would cap a 10-play, 80-yard drive that took four minutes and 19 seconds off the clock, and Joshua McKnight, Cap the scoring. Now they again in the lone back, Josh McKnight from New Rockford. The lone back. Two tight ends. Two receivers in the slot to the right. Second and goal from the three. Viper in the pistol. Pitches it wide, McKnight looking for the block. Cuts inside the block and he's in with a touchdown! Josh McKnight, the sophomore from New Rockford, sneaking in from three yards out, and the Vikings lead it 12 to nothing. Landon Arandano would add the extra point, and it would be 13 at nothing. Valley City State with the lead as they head into the locker room. Then in the third quarter, early on in the third quarter, with 12.34 remaining, it was a two-play, 42-yard drive. Jordan Mann and Marcus Giles hooked up for the score. Three wide receivers, Mann, shotgun formation, Cage stacked to his right, Williams in motion to the backfield, snap to Mann, play action to Williams, steps up, now throws the middle, Giles wide open, caught at the 10, he's into the end zone, touchdown! Jordan Mann to Marcus Giles, 37 yards, and Jamestown's right back in it. They get the extra point, and it would be 13-7 with 12.34 to go in the third quarter. That drive took just 29 seconds. Well, then Valley City State would come right back. They'd have a three-play, 63-yard drive, and all three plays and all 63 yards that came on the legs of Louis Kionis, 50 of them on the first play. In the pistol formation, two receivers left, one hit to the near side for the Vikings. Pfeiffer gives off to Kionis, across the 35, to the 40, to the 45, 50, 45, 40, 35, 30, 25, 20, cuts back to the 15 and down at the 13-yard line. Louis Kionis, no flags, 50-yard run, and it'll be first and 10 for Valley City State. And then two plays later, Kionis would finish it off. 
it is second down and seven from the 10-yard line. Kionis standing straight behind Pfeiffer, who's in the pistol. Two receivers left, one here to the near side is Kessler. Pfeiffer gives off to Kionis, wide left side of the 10. Louis cuts inside the fifth, and he's in for the touchdown! Louis Kionis. He goes the last 63 yards on his own on three carries. And the Vikings get that touchdown right back and now lead it 19-7. to They get the extra point from Arandondo, and it would be 20-7. to Then the, just five seconds into the final quarter, a 10-play 80-yard drive that took almost five minutes off the clock, capped off with Jordan Mann and Garrett Mitchell. Two backs stacked right side of Jordan Mann. Connor Hainslaben will snap it back to man here on second down. Low snap. Man throws the middle and a sliding catch. Did he get it? It is a touchdown for Garrett Mitchell. Jordan Mann dumps it across the middle and Mitchell sliding, making the catch and Jamestown trails 20-13. to Venelin would add the extra point with uh, almost a whole quarter to go. It was 20-14 to and it would stay that way as uh, the end of the game it was a drive by Jamestown. University of Jamestown was driving some great defensive plays and one of them wrapped things up with under a minute to go. It'll be fourth and two from the 31-yard line. UJ needs to get to the Viking 29. Inside of a minute to go, 45 seconds, clock ticking. Two receivers, Mitchell and Williams, wide left. Giles here to the near side, Jevning the lone setback. Man under center, quarterback keep, hit, and he fumbled the football! And it's going to be recovered by, we've got a scrum. It's going to be Viking football either way. The Vikings recovered it. It was Aaron Martin that came up with the recovery. Dustin Koslowski, who had the block punt to set up the first score in the first quarter, he's the one that caused the fumble. And the Vikings were able to knee it once and win 20-14 to in the paint bucket game and bring the paint bucket back to Valley City. A couple of individual numbers. Louis Kionis, 26 carries, 249 yards rushing in the touchdown. Jordan Mann was 14 for 73 rushing, also 11 of 22, 129 yards and at two touchdowns, and that fumble, the only turnover that occurred in the game. So the final 20-14 to 14, as the Vikings uh, win it in the uh, game between the University of Jamestown Valley City State, the 121st meeting between these two teams. Well, then afterwards, I had a chance to talk with a breathless head coach, Dennis McCulloch, after the victory. I was going to wait till the, the fireworks were done uh, there, Coach. How you doing? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Whew. That's a test for an old guy to run up here. <laughs> well, you know, I, I was, wasn't was going to make you do it, but, you know, after a game like this, I got to talk to you. Exactly. And these I, are a lot more fun. These are more fun. And I tell you, tonight, Coach, we'll, we'll talk about the offense in a minute, but the defense, especially uh, Andrew Hanready and Aaron Martin late in the second half came up with huge plays. They did. I, you know, we started uh, four freshmen, four, or three new freshmen, you know, true freshmen on defense. And you're worried because of what they did to us last year. But I thought our kids played awfully well. You know, we made some mistakes and at the coming out in the second half. But when you needed it, they rallied. They played awfully well. Aaron Martin, just like we talked about, he's their leader in the middle. Amazing job. Andrew, you know, again, special kid, special speed. You know, found a lot of ways to make huge plays for us tonight. It just shows you how 
Uh, football can be a game of inches. If that ball, that oh. throw is just a few inches taller, Mitchell has it, and exactly. it's six points. Exactly right. And, and, you know, they made some good plays. I mean, they, they're a good football team offensively. We knew that coming in. They had the same weapons they had last year, you know, the same people that had come back. Uh, you know, and I thought the first half we played awesome defensively, you know, what we came out. And they, like, like I said, they found some ways to hit us and burn, you know, hit us a couple times on big plays over the top. But I thought overall our front played awfully well. Front seven guys, amazing job, you know, with the physical play that they're going to come with. Those guys got to play awfully well. Offensively in the first half, one of the uh, the halftime adjustments I was talking about was uh, giving Jalen Pfeiffer a little bit of time. Huh. But what a job he did keeping plays alive with his feet. He did. He did an amazing job in that in the first half, especially, you know, and, and uh, he's an athletic young man. I think sometimes we miss that about him. He can avoid and keep the play alive and made, made some big plays for us. You know, we shot ourselves in the foot a couple times offensively when we had good drives, got down there. We got we to gotta hit our field goals, missed, a field, missed an extra point. I mean, those are huge points in this game. That, this game should not have been that close. Mm -hmm. If we just do those simple things, that, that, that's a piece we have to get better at if we're going to you know, rise with this team. But like I said, overall, I mean, our offense ran the ball, time of possession. I mean, I don't, I'm not sure what Louie ended up with, but at one time I thought he was like 260. 249. So, so you know, that's an amazing night. Uh, we didn't. I don't think we completed a pass in the second half. I, you know, we we lose Jake Peterson again. He'd been nursing a hamstring. Uh, you know, that's a tough loss for us on the outside. But you know, our guys did up front again. Our offensive line did an amazing job getting creating some seams for for Louis Quinones and and uh, you know took advantage of them. And, and like I said, it was very impressive uh, the second half. And like I said, even though we didn't put a ton of points on the board, the offense you know moved the ball change field position a lot for us and help us out. I mean, that, that piece was big for us. And when you have a back like Jonas, every once in a while they like to spell him. Josh McKnight, 37 yards, comes Absolutely. in and gets a touchdown. I was very impressed with Josh McKnight, and, and that's, you know, he's not a very big guy, but he runs physical for a little guy, and he's, you know, he's a little bit of a different dynamic uh, when he comes in, but but he definitely did a good job of spelling Louie. And, and, again, I think in large part we, we what the offensive line did up front was pretty impressive. Bottom line, Ag Bowl oh. 2, the paint bucket comes back to that nice trophy case I, yeah, now in the exactly. bubble. I, I don't, there's not a better feeling right now. And, you know, it, it, it shouldn't be like it's first game of the year and you shouldn't feel this way. But, man, our kids start working in January. They focus on this moment. This game meant so much to these kids. It's a huge lift to start the season. I, I, you know, I know if we'd have lost that, I'd been trying to backpedal and tell you that you know, it didn't matter that much, and we can go focus. But I'm telling you, the the lift of the spirits, the confident peace that it brings to you and your team is huge, and that that we got to just build off of that now. You get a little bit of time to enjoy, and then actually a little extra since it's a Thursday exactly. night. But now Northwestern next week, and that'll be a tough one yeah, on the road. Absolutely, we number 13 in the nation, and and we know that they're a quality, very very quality opponent down there, and yeah, but it'll be a great test for us and this football team. So. I'm very impressed, like I said, overall what what happened tonight and where we're going to head. And, and I just told our guys we got to keep focusing on the, the future, and those are the tests that we want. So, you know, what an amazing crowd, though, tonight. I mean, yes. it's Valley City. We couldn't have put on a better event. I don't, I'm not, when was the last time we had this many people in Valley City at one event? Full house. Right? I mean, we, we these are special, and I try to remind our kids, like, this. Uh, every week isn't going to be like this. You know, and this, is, it's, this was a truly, truly special night. And I, I really appreciate all the fans and alumni and the people came tonight. Yeah, what a great show. You sure you can't do this every week? You sure? Oh, I know. <laughs> it would be great. 
<laughs> it would be great. I, w- I would love the fans. I hope we, we did enough to keep attracting them to come out because it, we have a special team, and I hope they see that. That is head coach Des McCulloch in his uh, conversation uh, we had after the game on Thursday night. Well, in the other part of the press box, uh, Steve Lensmeyer chatted with Brian Mistro from the University of Jamestown following the game on Thursday. Coach, obviously uh, a tough one tonight, falling 20-14, to 14, but you have to like the way your team rebounded a little bit in the second half. You know what? The best part about tonight, uh, and after a loss, you try to find the positives and everything, man. Sorry, I'm running up here is tough. But uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what, our, our guys played hard. They just kept going. There was no give up. There was no blaming each other. There was any of that. There wasn't any of that. And it was really fun for me to see. That's the type of football game you want to be in. Give yourself a position. Give yourself a chance to make plays or to win the game in the fourth quarter. We had a chance. Yeah. Now, take the next step. we got to finish those games. Well, first half, you guys go down 13 nothing at halftime, and you had to feel a, kind of a weird feeling, I guess, going into halftime because you felt like you let some get away, but also that you made some plays to keep them out of the end zone. I mean, they, the block punt obviously hurt, and then yep. the fact you just couldn't bring Jalen Pfeiffer down on some of those. You know what? That's part of the – we're going to go back to tackling drills and, and making sure that when we have the chance and the ability to make those tackles, we've got, we got to run through tackles and make them. And I'll tell you what, you know, there's – there's something to be said about how good those players are, too. And yeah. those guys are a heck of a football team. And this this is such a fun game to be a part of. And I'm, you know, I'm going to probably listen to this later. But, man, it, it was – we lost, but it was fun. It was super awesome to be in. And I just wish that we would have came out on top. How about your quarterback, Jordan Mann, in the second half tonight? Had kind of a rough first half, but I thought he played his ass off in warrior. the second half. Kid is an absolute warrior. You know, it's one of those where we saw it all fall camp. We wanted to make sure that he was the leader of, of, of that side of the ball, and, man, he really did it. You know, there's some things that, you know, I guess the ball bounces another way. You, you can't shoot yourself in the foot with some stuff. But who do you want the balls – or who do you want the, the ball in their hand at the end of the game is Jordan Mayer. And, you know, he's going to learn from this, and we're going to keep getting better. And I'll tell you what, there's not another guy right now that is feeling more pain than him. And we're going to 24 it. We're going to go back, and we're going to get ready for the next week. Defensively, they lost Jake Peterson in the second half, but just started handing the ball to Kunonis. What did you guys have to try to change there in the second half? You know, we, we noticed that because we had our Troy Stewart was on him um, for the whole game. We told him, hey, follow 11 around. And all of a sudden, Troy stopped following somebody around, and we're like, okay. And so our adjustment to that was, you know, where they're going to run their outside zone stretch play, you know, like I said, it goes back into the, they're pretty good too. And when we, you know, we're running upfield a little too far, and then he's not cutting it back. You know, he's just keeping on his on his wave. And uh, to be honest with you, he's he's a heck of a runner. Our guys had chances to make tackles. We didn't do that, and that's part of the reason why he's got 249 yards. Garrett Mitchell had a heck of a second half as well. A couple of big catches, including the the touchdown that he got his fingertips underneath in the end zone. What do you think of his game today? You know, the question going in was, when the lights turn on, what's Garrett going to do? And the lights turned on, and Garrett made plays for us. And that's something that I expect from him for the rest of the year and the rest of his career. He's a guy that's going to be somebody that's going to give, you know, fits to the other team. And he, he showed that today. Promise we, we need to take the next step and, and get some of those plays to be big plays. And um, he's going to be a guy that's going to be able to do that. What's your message going to be in the locker room after this one? Love you guys. Absolutely just everything that you guys did tonight. And whoever listens to this later, man, I love you guys to death. And we're going to keep fighting. We're going to keep going through this. And to be honest with you, I wouldn't want to be a part of a different team right now. This is the this is where I'm supposed to be. This is home. These guys believe in that. 
these guys love us back, and I'll tell you what, our staff is going to love those guys up and make sure that, hey, we need to get better. There's no question about it. And, and to be honest with you, it doesn't get any easier from no. here. And so as Th- far as I'm Three ranked <laughs> opponents in September. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, like, guys, you could sit there and feel sorry for yourself. Yeah, you lost a rivalry game. You lost the bucket. we got to deal with that for the rest of the year. But I'll tell you what, Dickinson doesn't care what happened this week. The GPAC doesn't care what happened this week. So, guys, pick yourselves up. Lean on a teammate. We talk about it all the time. Be a good person. Hold yourself and your teammates accountable. Be passionate enthusiastic about being a Jimmy football player and do your job. We need to do the do your job part better. Coach, I appreciate the time. Thanks. No, thank we'll you very next much. Week. That is coming up next week again for Brian Mistral and University of Jamestown. They will be at number nine or hosting number nine, Dickinson State. That's a two o'clock kickoff, one thirty pregame on ESPN. Valley City State will be on the road taking on eleventh ranked Northwestern, and that is a one uh, one o'clock kickoff, twelve thirty pregame from Orange City, Iowa. So that's what happened in the college football on Thursday. Well, let's get into the high school football season. Uh, they got all four classes. Got underway here last night. Let's just run through the scores in the AAA. Fargo South, they defeated Dickinson 29-0. Century, winners over Fargo Davies, 38-15. Mandan defeated West Fargo, 12-8. Grand Forks Red River losing to Minot, 14-12. Grand Forks Central lost to Legacy, 43-0. It was West Fargo Cheyenne over Bismarck High, 35-14. And Williston defeated Watford City, 41-0. And University or, uh, Jamestown High School, well, they opened up their... Uh, Triple-A schedule. Yeah, they are now in uh, Class 3A, and they took on Fargo North last night. And it was a defensive struggle in the game last evening. But it was a 7-0 win for the Jamestown Blue Jays. And uh, it was uh, it was a, kind of the Jacob Hilgeman show as he had a touchdown and an interception. And he and Tommy Falk got the scoring going late in the second quarter. Chris Saylor moves over to the right side of Tommy Falk. And some more pressure from the middle linebacker. Snap to Falk, and he's going to throw a deep ball down the right sideline. Looking for Williams, or excuse me, Hilgeman. He's got him. Touchdown. A fingertip catch from Jacob Hilgeman down the right sideline. And the Jays have struck 31 yards from Tommy Falk. Well, then Hilgeman did it on the defensive side of the football as well. Twin wide receivers right. Snap to Fisher. Looking to throw. And now he steps up in the pocket, lofts a deep ball down the middle, playing center field is Hilgeman. He picks it off of the 45, cuts middle of the field, 50 to the 40, spun around and down, 38-yard line of Fargo North. And a can of corn to the center fielder, Jacob Hilgeman, and Jamestown has the ball back at the 39-yard line. And North had one final opportunity as the game was winding down. Fourth and 15, trips bunched left. There's a snap. To Fisher throws it across the middle. Catch dropped. It wouldn't have been enough for a first down anyway. Miller dropped it. And Jamestown's going to send out the victory formation and put the finishing touches on a 7 nothing win over Fargo North. So the Jays uh, off to a 1 0 start on the year. Next week, they will be at defending double A champion Fargo Shanley. Well, the Deacons, they opened up with a win against Bismarck St. Mary's, a rematch of last year's double-A championship, but now Shanley triple-A, and Shanley defeated St. Mary's 23-21 to in that game last week. And afterwards, uh, Steve Lensbard chatted with head coach Bill Nelson of the Jays. Jamestown picks up a 7-0 win over Fargo North, and the head coach of the Jays, Bill Nelson, fresh off yelling at a bunch of kids to clean up or something down there. How's what it going? You, oh, encouraging a man. Oh. 
That's well, what it was. I already had kids. Hey, coach, where's the pizza? I said, you guys got to clean the stands first, and you get your pizza. <laughs> <laughs> well, coach, congratulations on an opening season win. Obviously, there were a lot of things to like tonight. First and foremost, I thought your defense. This was a a big game for them. It was. Uh, you know, we put plugged in a plugged in a lot of guys in different spots and a couple playing new positions and. The first game of the year, keep the goose egg on the board. We're gonna we're gonna be happy about that one. Well, they they bring quite a potent rushing attack with uh, with the way Fisher's able to run, and I thought Anderson was a was a load to bring down when he got in space. But you guys put them in with some positions defensively where they got uncomfortable and had to put the ball in the air. We did, and I uh, like to think we're only gonna get better too. I mean, like I said, we had Keith Levine's playing with hand in the dirt for his first time ever. You know, first live game action, and got a lot of guys out there just doing a doing a really good job. And I'm sure we'll find in the on the film that, like we said, he said, you know, 7-0, we probably left a couple touchdowns on the board at least, but everything we had, mistake-wise, is correctable. And that's the exciting, encouraging thing about it. Two guys defensively that I, well, I mean, there's a bunch of guys I could talk about defensively, but two guys that kind of stuck out to me were, were one, Johnny Browning tonight. Johnny Brown played a lot of minutes tonight. You know, another kid that we talked about that this was his, he played a little bit of minutes last year, but this was his first live minutes and he stepped up and got stuff done and are there correctable things yes there are there always is and that's that's the encouraging thing about it is we talk about getting better every day you know my hashtag you like it i know you do <laughs> i think you're making t-shirts off about it aren't you <laughs> yeah yeah you're on the way. So. okay cool uh the other guy i thought max anderson he just nobody gets around him he sets that edge and and forces you no matter how wide he has to get to go back inside just steady steady eddie he's just uh nobody's gonna work him and, th- and that's that's Max. That's Johnny. That's that's the way this team is. And, and I told him in the locker room, I said, in 10 years here with Blue Jay football, this is the tightest locker room I've seen because they really don't care who gets the tackle, who catches the pass, who runs the ball, who catches All they want to do is they want to see Ws, you know, and encourage your teammates on it. We had some, you know, offensive line getting a little, getting a little rowdy there. We had on sports like both ways, but – told Damian I said I can take that I like that orneriness that's a good thing you know and every week's got to be we got to eliminate those mistakes and other things to clean up yes there are but started off one and oh man we're we're happy about that they brought a kind of an interesting defensive look at you guys with just constant pressure on their blitz shooting the a gaps with those middle linebackers what did you guys have to change tonight to kind of combat that just got to put up with the pressure I mean they they they, they basically sit in man coverage on the backside, and they're going to try to overwhelm me and they got to us a few times. Um, I thought offensive line we got better throughout the game, but still we had some. We got to get those snaps. Got to get better. You know we can't have balls on the ground, and and the kids know that and they're working at it. So, um, but they're they're trying to overwhelm you to put you in bad positions. You know, and did we leave a few things out there? Yeah, we did. But we're one and zero, Steve, and that's all that matters, baby. <laughs> that is all that matters. And uh, offensively, you guys. Uh, had it going through the air a little bit. Got Jeremy in some space. He took some shots down the field. The touchdown to Hilgeman. What did you like about your passing game tonight? Evolving, ever growing. You know, we've been they've been boys have been working hard at it. And with Coach Mouses, kind of went into the uh, offensive court. Not kind of he is the offensive coordinator now, and he's calling the plays and um, moving the ball around a little bit more than we have in the past. You know, up front offensively from a run standpoint, we're probably a little bit more, uh, you know, a little bit more simplified. Still got to stay on our blocks a little bit longer and hit the holes a little bit faster, but that'll come. What was the message to the guys in the locker room after the game? One and all, baby. It's you know we talk about being better every day and taking care of yourself and taking care of your bodies, and 
Um, they got a weekend to rest up. We don't have practice till six o'clock on Monday night, and we get to go to Shamley next Friday night. And to That's, say that to say that we're excited about that, you have no idea. Oh, I think I have a little bit of an idea. Uh, there, there's a little bit of a maybe, I did. maybe a raw hide here and. and Across the board, and we and it's going to be a it's going to be a battle. We know every single night in AAA, it's going to be a battle. There's no ands, ifs, or buts about it. But we'll look at tape tonight, and we'll get our get our other film and get to work. I may have spent some time tonight talking about how shocked I was that Shanley left Fargo tonight to go to Bismarck to play a game. Yeah, next story, <laughs> Coach. I appreciate we, we can have conversations about that all the time. You know those things off the air that hey, let's, let's talk off the record. But <laughs> Coach, I appreciate the time. Hey, Congratulations on the W. Thank you, sir. That is uh, Steve Lensmeyer and Coach Bill Nelson after Jamestown High School winners last night against Fargo North. 7-0 the final score as the Blue Jays open up the season with that win again. They're on the road at Fargo-Shanley next Friday night. Now we go to Double A and Double A with the, kind of the new alignment this year. They have an east and west region in Double A. And the Highliners of Valley City opening up the 2019 season at home last night as the Beulah Miners came in uh, west Beulah taking on uh, Valley City. West uh, Beulah was 7-4 and four last year and got to the second round in Class A. And these two teams uh, hooked up for the first time in about three years. The last two times that they had played had been a one-point game and a three-point game here in uh, 2015 and 2016. Well, last night it was the running game for Beulah that uh, really was the storyline. And they did it with senior running back Tristan Miller as uh, Miller was uh, rushed for 769 yards last year on 70 carries, and he picked up where he left off this year as he rushed for 120 yards on 18 carries, leading that balanced attack. Well, Beulah got on the board first on a touchdown run by Tristan Miller. It was after an interception by Trey Brandt as he picked it off at the Highliner 35-yard line, and then six plays later, it would be Miller popping it into the end zone. Snap. Goes off to Tristan Miller, following his big center. Tristan Miller to the goal line, and Tristan Miller's in for the touchdown. Tristan Miller takes it in from three yards out. And the Miners get on the board first with 1.54 left to go here in this first half. They lead it 6 to nothing with the extra point pending. And Elijah Barbeau nailed that extra point to make it 7 nothing. The game would stay there until midway through the fourth quarter. And here's what happened as uh, Tate Suffolkul went back to punt the ball away from, his, uh, the, from the Beulah 44-yard line. And thanks to some uh, hustle downfield by Tanner Sapir, they were able to pin the Miners deep. Getting over the ball, and he is the long snapper on the punt. Suffolk will be back to punt the ball away. Tristan Miller back deep to receive for the Miners. Three and a half minutes to go, third quarter. Another good snap, and the approach high kick. Suffolk really has been booming him tonight, going for that coffin corner. Oh, gets a nice bounce, and did they down it inside the five? They did to the one-yard line. Nicely done by the Highliner defense. I think that was Austin Thornton that came up with the play. He was downfield and to check that on the uh, defensively. That was Tannen Sapir that was down there and got it on the hop. And it'll be first and 10 for Beulah at about the one-inch line. It was inside the one-yard line. Well, that didn't matter to the Beulah Miners. 19 plays, 99-plus yard drive and took almost 10 minutes off the clock and was capped by Nathan Batest. First and goal from the inside the 10-yard line for Valley City. Fair will dot the eye. Taylor the up. Brandt brings him up to the line of scrimmage. First and goal from the one. Steps back in the pistol. 
Gets the direct snap to Batast, and Batast is in for the touchdown. Touchdown, Beulah on the one-yard carry by Nathan Batast, his second touchdown of the game. And this one, a one-yard carry. Again, 99-plus yard drive for Beulah. They got the extra point from Barbone. It was 14 nothing with 5.38 to go. But then Valley City would get that score back, and they did it quickly. Three plays, 53-yard drive, and it was capped off by this touchdown pass from Tate Suffolk to uh, Avery Benefeld. First and goal from the inside the 10-yard line for Valley City. Fair will dot the eye. Taylor the up man, receivers on both sides of the field. Suffolk under center. Tate rolling near side, looking. He's got a wide open. Benefeld in the end zone. Touchdown, Valley City. And the two-point conversion was good. Suffolk ran it in, and it was a 14-8 game with 4.53 to go. Well, then Beulah came right back on the ensuing drive, and they would go 56 yards on four plays, capped off by another Tristan Miller touchdown. From the 48, fourth down and two. Beulah, direct snap, first down, inside the 45. Tristan Miller breaks it. 35, 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. On fourth and two, Tristan Miller gets the handoff on the counter, goes up the middle, and Miller takes it 48 yards for the touchdown. And now Beulah takes a 20 to eight lead on that 48-yard touchdown run. Trey Brandt would hit Jonah Larson with the conversion and with 2.26 to go in the fourth quarter, it was 22-8. The Highliners would go three and out, and Beulah was able to run out the clock and pick up the win to open up the season. Max Fair led the Highliner ground game, 32 yards on seven carries. Tate Suffolk was four of nine, passing 57 yards and had the one touchdown and a couple of interceptions. Next up now for Valley City, they will hit the road and go to Bismarck to take on St. Mary's next Friday night. That is a 7 o'clock kickoff, pregame at 645 on AM 1490 KOVC and on NewsDakota.com. Also can watch it streamed live on NewsDakota.com. So that was the final last night in the opener for Valley City. Taking a look at uh, other scores from Class AA in the East, Hillsborough Central Valley. Winners over Grafton, 47-0. Lisbon defeated Central Cast 42-12. It was uh, Devil's Lake over uh, Turtle Mountain, 24-16. Kindred, 24-22 winners over Northern Cass. And Millbank defeated Wapiton by a final of 42-12. Hazen in the other East team, or out West, pardon me, Hazen, they were 47-6 winners over Kildare. So that's a look at what happened in AA football last evening. Now we go down to, to Class A football in Region 1. And scores from there last night, Shallow Christian over Fargo Grove, 49-14 in overtime. Sisseton, South Dakota, defeated Sargent County 6-0. It was Thompson over Park River, 34-0. Langdon area, Edmore, Munich. They were winners over Hatton Northwood by final of 40-8. And on our game of the week on Thunder Country, it was Groton defeating Ellendale, Edgelycombe, 22-12, the final score in that one. And in Region 2 last night, Nidros defeated Botno 38-18. And Delax Burlington, winners over Rugby, 20, or Rugby actually winning that one, 22-8. It was Harvey Wells County defeating, losing to Velva, 46-14. And uh, Kenmore, the Kenmore defeated West Oak Newburgh Glenburn by a final of 33-8. And mine up Bishop Ryan, they were winners over the Carrington Cardinals last night in Carrington by a final of 42 
to nothing. Greg Grins chatted with Coach Kyle Smith of the Cardinals following last night's uh, loss to the Lions. I want to thank Coach Smith uh, for coming up and joining us here on our postgame report. And Coach uh, Smith, um, the Lions, boy, they proved they're why they're the number three team in the state tonight, right? Yeah, they're awfully good, and we knew they were, you know, watching them on film. And uh, uh, they came out, and we had that deer-in-the-headlights look in our eye again. And, and, you know, the kids, they just have to be more mentally prepared to play. And uh, that shows in the first quarter. You know, we got down, what, 35 to nothing in the first quarter, and then we play them pretty even. And so the kids need to, uh, you know, and the only thing that's going to take care of that is, is experience and repetition to get used to that varsity level and, and that speed. And, and uh, we just have to uh, regroup. Uh, you know, we had a bunch of injuries again tonight, and, and, we, and it was pretty chaotic. You know, when, when that stuff happens, you're putting young kids in positions they haven't played, and, and there gets to be a lot of chaos in the field. And it's just, you know, it's the worst possible scenario for a young team to have a lot of your veterans getting hurt. And, and uh, so it was, it's, it was a rough start. Yeah, injury bug. Uh, uh, Bo Retzloff, he was kind of trying to run something off. What's his status? Do we know any status of him? Or? You know, it, it, I, I heard he was cramping up. Okay. And, you know, once you get a cramp in a game, it, it's, it's really hard to keep going. They, they continue to cramp. And, and so hopefully he'll be fine. I think he was, he was moving pretty good at the end of the game. So I'm hoping Bo is going to be all right next week. Okay. And um, uh, Seth Nelson, I had him down three interceptions. Was he maybe trying to force stuff there a little bit, you think, uh, in their first half? I think so, that, and, you know, and, and and he told me after, you know, during the second quarter that, that he got his right elbow hit pretty hard, and, and yeah. so his elbow was hurt, and that's why why Lucas came in and played quarterback the rest of the game. And, and uh, you know, that and our receivers have to run routes hard. You know, that's been a point of emphasis this week, and, you know, guys jogging through routes and, and not, not running crisp, clean routes, and, and so it's hard to get open when you don't do that. And so we tried to run some play action tonight, but, uh, you know, give Minot Ryan credit for covering backs out of the backfield and, and doing a good job defensively. A lot of penalties tonight, too. Um, I think 11 total for Carrington on offense and defense, so kind of costing the Cardinals there um, on offense, too. Yeah, and again, you know, you got a, a lot of young kids in the game out of position and, and knowing where they're supposed to go or are they on or on or off this line of scrimmage and, and uh, just some silly things like that that we have to fix. And, again, the only thing that's going to, take care of that is time repetition and, and experience now chase ellingson um he uh started last week he has a broken collarbone right is that correct uh that's what i uh, was told and, and i think okay. chase is probably done for the year but um you know we 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 have to uh, uh try and find someone to fill those shoes um we move raw locker into the slot and, and he, he really ran the jet sweep pretty nice tonight um, we're going to have to try and find a way to get raw the ball a little more because he is one of our faster kids. And, and uh, so we're going to have to move him around and see if we can teach him uh, maybe a tailback position. And, and uh, I think I really like Bo at, at tight end. Bo's a big target, um, you know, and he went down in the first or second quarter. And, and so, again, we had young kids playing there. But, um, you know, we just we have to regroup on Monday, uh, try and find some healthy kids that can play and, and uh, get prepared for Grafton. Let's talk about Grafton. What kind of game you expecting one week from tonight? That opens up region play as well, right? Yeah, you know Grafton traditionally is a a, a very good football school, and and uh, I know they beat Oak Grove uh, last week. Oak Grove um, is typically a good team as well. I don't know how Grafton did tonight, but um, you know they look big. I, I looked at their roster, and they look pretty big up front. So we need to match physicality. And tonight we got pushed around the field up front. Um, you know, Seth didn't have a lot of time. He talked about his interceptions. He was he was rushed a lot and. And uh, we, we need to do a better job up front protecting him and getting a push to, to, to get the run game going. 
Okay, sounds good. We'll let you go, Coach. Thanks for joining us. We always appreciate it. And good luck uh, next Friday night. Thanks, Greg. Appreciate yeah, it. You bet. And uh, just to answer that question again, Grafton lost to Hillsborough Center Valley last night by final score 47 to nothing. That's the next opponent for the Carrington Cardinals coming up next week. And in Region 3, one other score to pass along. Southern McLean defeated Garrison Max 22-6. to And then out at Region 4, New Salem over Standing Rock 55-6. And it was Hart River defeating Newtown by final of 48 Six. And we go to nine-man football here last night. Here's what happened in nine-man football in Region 1. Finley Sharon Hope Page, winners over Laramore 44-8. Mayport CG, they were winners over Wymere Lidgewood by final 36-12. Graves County, 14-12 winners over Hankinson last evening. Lamore Literal Marion, they get off to a 2-0 start. They defeated Richland 38 to nothing. And uh, Tri State, they were winners over Enderlin Maple Valley by final of 40 to 6. And in Region 2 from Nine Man last evening, St. John, uh, they defeated Duncey 38 to 8. North Prairie 48 14 over Nelson County. Cavalier winners over North Border 50 to nothing. Benson County, they lost to Surrey 45 16. And New Rockford Cheyenne, the number one team in the state in nine-man football, had no problem with North Star last night. Final score there was 74 to nothing. And in Region 3, Lewis and Clark defeated Trenton 65 to nothing. Divide County over the TGU Titans 44-32. And Ray Powers Lake, 59-18 winners over Partial. And Central McLean, they were 8-6 to winners last night over Mulhall Lansford Sherwood. And lastly, in uh, Region 4, it was Beach defeating Grant County Flasher 28 to 12. And Mott Region New England over Headinger Scranton 28 to 6. And Lytton HMB defeated uh, South Border by final of 38 to 20. And Napoleon uh, Gackle Streeter, they were victorious over Strasburg Zealand last night by a final of 36 to 6. So that wraps up what happened. In uh, high school football last night, and our football segment of uh, Super Sports Saturday comes to a close. And so we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to get and turn our attention to volleyball, college volleyball in more specifically. A conversation with Adam Longmore, the head coach of Valley City State University, and John Hagerly, the head coach of the University of Jamestown Women. And we'll have that with our coaches' comments continuing here on Super Sports Saturday. Come home to Oaks Family Pharmacy, where they treat you like family. With great knowledge and customer service, the staff is committed to making your prescription, health, and gift needs as simple as possible. Shingrix vaccine is available at Oaks Family Pharmacy. Walk-ins are welcome. This is recommended for age 50 and older. This month, all jewelry and summer clothing is now 40% off. And check out their back-to-school supplies, the lowest prices around. Visit Oaks Family Pharmacy and experience the quality difference in your care today. Before you can start building business, you have to build a business, you know, a building, a storefront, a facility, new or addition. Problem is, you're too busy taking care of business, you don't have time to meet with a planner, a contractor, and all the suppliers. But if you wait any longer, you're going to start losing business. Well, have you heard about Hillroot Construction? They're in the business of building business. Literally, quality commercial construction saves you time, stress, and money so that you can get on with your business. Visit hillrootconstruction.com or call 253-8310 to get the ball rolling. This is Tara from RM Stout. 
RM Stout is your premier Ford, Lincoln, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram dealership, and we're proud to have served you and your family for the last 77 years. Whether you're in the market for your very first vehicle or are ready to work with us again, we truly appreciate every opportunity to earn your business. See us at the junction of I-94 and Highway 281 South. Call us at 252-2270 or see us online at stoutcars.com. RM Stout for the best value since 1941. Count on your independently locally owned HealthMart Pharmacy to play a key role in keeping you and your pets healthy all year long. HealthMart Pharmacists are a trusted health care resource. Carrington Drug is now offering two-dose pet medications for calming, agility, joint care, skin and coat, medications, or to boost your pet's immune systems. Check out Trudose. For all the details, stop in and talk to your HealthMart Pharmacist. Remember, HealthMart Pharmacists have a personal commitment to their community. Carrington Drug, 415 Main Street. Or call 652-2521. HealthMart, caring for you and about you. Tom and Tom back with you on Super Sports uh, Saturday. And uh, before we press on, I want to remind you, you're listening to Super Sports Saturday here on AM 1490 KOVC 96.3 FM, the voice of the Valley in Valley City. Also on 1400 KQDJ AM, 107.1 FM, ESPN in Jamestown. And at 1220 KDDR 95.9 FM, uh, the Tornado in Oaks and 1600 AM, 100.1 FM, the Cardinal in Carrington. Welcome to the uh, Super Sports Saturday on this Labor Day weekend, hope you have uh, plans. Be safe, but enjoy yourself here this Labor Day weekend. Well, now we're going to talk uh, volleyball, college volleyball specifically. And earlier this week, I had a chance to uh, watch the Valley City State Vikings as they had their annual red-white scrimmage on Wednesday night. And I had a chance to chat, talk with six-year head coach Adam Longmore from Valley City State. College volleyball season is already underway, and Valley City State University, uh, they were out in um, Bozeman, Montana, for the uh, Big Sky Challenge. We'll talk about that here in a minute. Coach Adam Longmore joining us from the Vikings. Now the season started. Coach, ready to go? We are. We've uh, we've been ready for a while, and it's exciting for us to get a few matches under our belt and get the season going. You guys here the other night, uh, we had uh, the scrimmage, the red-white uh, scrimmage. And number one, what a great atmosphere Gration is uh, for volleyball. The kid, the, 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 the student section was into it. What a great atmosphere. Yeah, it really was a lot of fun. We've always felt good about our home gym that we're playing in every night, and uh, we're, we're pretty lucky that way. Our freshmen got a good, a little bit of a taste for what it can be like in there, and we talked after the match, and uh, it was just an exciting night uh, to be in the gym. As a coach, did you see, uh, did you get st- out of it what you wanted, or what was the whole, the, the, I know it's an annual thing, the scrimmage, but what what did you get out of it? Yeah, I think it was a really fun night. I think it's a great opportunity for us to showcase our team, uh, have the students get a chance to watch us play. You know, I think they've had a chance to meet a lot of the girls, so it's fun to come watch, them, come watch us play. More than anything else, I think it's a good experience factor. Uh, we have nine freshmen this year, and so, you know, some of them are playing in some matches, but some of them aren't. And so the opportunity for them to come in and, and play with the with the crowd, you know, I think that experience is, you know, there's just no substitute for that. And then knowing on the other side of the net, you got some good players you're playing against on the other side, too. Yeah, it's uh, there were some really nice rallies, and 
guess the one downside is we, we kind of know each other's tendencies and we know, you know, we're, we're getting used to playing against our own offense and against our own defense. And so in that regard, it's, maybe it's, it's not so well. Um, but yeah, it was a really fun night. Last week, as mentioned, you're at the Big Sky uh, Challenge uh, in Montana, and, and uh, you saw some good teams. I think Providence was a preseason number one to win their conference, uh, University of Providence. Uh, just your thoughts on last week uh, at the Big Sky Challenge. Yeah, you know, all of those teams were, were pretty good. Uh, two of those teams, we didn't expect them to be as good as they were. So uh, Montana Northern and Montana Western, they both have new coaches, and I think their their programs in turning the corner and going in the right direction now. So those were two of the teams we played, and like I said, they were much improved than, than they were last year. Uh, and, and yeah, Providence is always a good team annually, so we knew going into that match that they were good. Montana Tech was better than we expected them to be too. So it really was a good weekend in terms of just the level of play. Um, obviously, we we didn't come away with, with any wins. There were some times where we, where we really competed well. I, I think we had a chance to, to win the Montana Northern match, and, and then, of course, Montana Tech. Uh, one of the sets we lost by two. So so we competed at times. I think we're just uh, really young in a lot of positions and we're still trying to figure out our lineups. It's really early. And so we, we rotated a lot of players and a lot of players got some playing experience, which which was needed for them. Uh, so at the end of the day, we, we got better every match and that that's our goal. And, and there were some specific parts of the game we wanted to work on each match and, and we were able to do those. So we felt we felt good about the weekend. I think uh, coming up here right after Labor Day, Trinity Bible thing comes in for the home opener uh, on uh, the 3rd of September. Yep, we have them on Tuesday next week, so we're excited for the, uh, for them to come in. We went to their place last year, so we're going to alternate with them every year, and uh, we're excited for that match. A great chance for not only our students to come out, but our faculty and staff and Valley City, the community. We have a lot of parents that come in from uh, from far away as well to watch, so we uh, we expect a full house, so if you want a good seat, you better come early Tuesday night. And then uh, after that, you head to Kansas for another tournament uh, in uh, in Kansas. Yeah, we'll leave on Thursday. We've got four matches uh, this upcoming weekend down in Kansas. Uh, kind of the same deal as last week. Some tough teams there, but hopefully some some other teams that we can compete against and pick up some wins against. When you play those teams, uh, like the, the the teams that are good and, and stuff, do they really show what you guys need to work on when you get back into the gym and get back to practice? Yeah, a little bit. You know, we already kind of know those things anyway. I think more than anything else, it provides our girls an opportunity to, to play at a high level. And, you know, so if they've got some big blocks that we usually don't see, then that provides an opportunity for us to learn how to hit against a big block. And, and when some girls are hitting the ball harder than we you know, typically see, then that, I mean, that's, those are the types of teams that prepare us for Bellevue and Viterbo. So, so the fact that we're just playing teams that are, that are good, that makes us better. And and even if we don't come away with the win, I think uh, just playing at that level helps prepare us for the season. As a bottom line coach, something that you, you're telling your players, you just want to improve, match in, uh, match out, set in, set out, just improve as you move along. Yeah, I think that's the goal every year. You know, some years it's more important than others. You know, if you return all of your players, then it's maybe not as big a deal. But like I said, we're, we have quite a few freshmen that are playing. And and so we've got to remind, especially our upperclassmen, maybe, you know, hey, we got to be patient here a little bit and help them out. And so this year, that's the goal. And, and we've been preaching it every day. I think if we can get better every day, you know, what matters to most is most to us is our conference record, obviously. And then our second half of our conference record and where we sit in terms of rankings going into the conference tournament. So 
you know, if we'd like to win every match we play, every every team always does. But for us this year, we we're we're playing every day with the end in mind, knowing that we got to get better every day to to be in a good spot come November. Final question for you, Coach. Uh, looks like Bellevue probably the team in the conference. How do you see this conference uh, playing out this year? Yeah, you know, I haven't looked much. Some of the couple of the teams haven't played until just recently. So um, Dakota State, Dickinson. There's a couple that haven't played much. So, so I don't know yet. We Mayville came in and uh, played us when we had our scrimmage day in in um, for the middle of August, and they they lost a setter that they didn't plan on losing, but they they still are, have been pretty good. They've really improved the last few years. So, you know, typically Viterbo has been kind of at the top, and and Bellevue's been there too, and uh seems like as I look back to the last few years, a lot of the teams have improved. So uh, we'll just have to wait and see. All right. Well, Coach, look forward to it again. Tuesday, uh, February 3rd, uh, Trinity Bible, 7 o'clock, uh, first serve here in the home opener. Yeah, we're excited. Looking forward to having every, as many people out as we can. All right. Thanks, Coach. Good luck this year. Thank you. Coach Adam Longmore joining us on the Valley City State Vikings. We'll be back with more of our halftime. And again, that was a conversation I had with Coach Longmore here just a couple of days ago. And again, that is Trinity Bible coming up on Tuesday. And then they're going to head to Kansas for a tournament over the weekend. Well, now let's go over to Jamestown, University of Jamestown Volleyball. And Steve Limsmeyer chatted with head coach John Hagerly of the Blue of the Jimmy Volleyball team. We're going to talk some University of Jamestown Volleyball. The Jimmys had their first weekend of games this past weekend. They were out in Oregon, and uh, they had a pretty good weekend. And we'll chat about that uh, with John Hagerly, who joins us right now. Coach, how are we doing? I'm doing good, Steve. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> well, you got to be doing well after uh, how good your team played, and we'll get to that uh, in just a minute, but I wanted just to first kind of uh, talk about this upcoming season as a whole. We didn't get a chance to uh, to talk last week, and that's uh, that's my fault. But um, when you when you look at the expectations for this team, what what were you kind of thinking the last couple weeks could be the where this team is headed? Well, you know, um, after just losing, you know, three three seniors, and they were integral in our success, but we had a bulk of our team back so certainly our expectations were high put in a lot of work this spring and a lot of work this summer and um, to be quite honest with you I was a little bit disappointed this preseason I thought we were just a little bit sluggish and um, I think that's a, probably a nature of all the work they put in during the summer and and uh, you know when that happens uh, you don't seem to have the same excitement for preseason camp as you would have in the in the, in the past so to be honest I was a little bit concerned going into um, this last weekend, and, and I think our team was too, and then uh, they put that to rest pretty fast. Uh, you know, there's two reasons I was concerned. One was what I just alluded to. The other one was that all the teams we played played at least two to four matches already the weekend before, and it was our first match. So um, I was a little bit concerned about that. But, uh, you know, we were a really, little bit shaky to start uh, our first match, but then we came back and, and won that, and then we, we looked pretty good. I hate to be... You know, so optimistic, but I'm trying to look for some things to yeah. be negative about. There's obviously areas for improvement, but I was I was pleasantly surprised. You should ask uh, Coach Ulan to find you some negative things. He'll he'll do that. He's pretty good at that. Yeah, I got a meeting with him, and he, I'm sure that he'll he'll let me know what I can focus on. <laughs> there you go. Well, uh, how have you gone about replacing those three seniors from last year? Obviously, you mentioned you you lost three seniors that were pretty big pieces of what you guys were doing. Yeah, you know. I, it's kind of been the same every year. Uh, you know, we have a, a, a great developmental program in our JV, and in the past we've lost great players, and all of a sudden someone new steps in, and it's their turn, and, and they end up performing 
very well, and the same thing has happened. Um, you know, certainly losing Kennedy on the right side, uh, you know, we had to figure out what we're going to do there, and we're still looking at that. We're still trying to figure out what our pieces are going to be with that. So we had uh, Ellie Michaelitz play a little bit there, and then Taylor Sabinash play a little bit there, and, and uh, we ended the week with Taylor Sabinash playing there, and she did a great job. And uh, Corey Buchanan with her jump serve, and on the outside, uh, we have a mix of players, some returners that played quite a bit of varsity minutes, and Anna Hole and Ellie Michaelitz and Jordan Thomas, and they all looked really well this weekend. And t- Jordan was really playing well until a player from the other – team came crashing under the net and took her out at the end of our match on Friday so she didn't wasn't able to play Saturday but we switched some things around and and players did really well and and then certainly looking at placing Julina Niemeyer the GPAC libero of the year all-american just a tremendous defender there were some real concerns there um, but I think what we've done is we've replaced that uh, by committee uh, having Sidney Ellingson as libero and then Hannah Sheely as a DS and Anne Holen back there, those three together as a unit are an incredibly tough defensive unit, and we saw that this weekend. Well, and that's what uh, that's what your wife told me to ask you about was your uh, was your defense because the, he, she was impressed with uh, the way those three played and and your defense in in total and obviously. With, with the way you guys defended this weekend, they must have played a big part in that. They did. Um, I think we really frustrated teams. You know, and I always forget to add our setters into that because they're always playing defense back there. Jackie Micklejohn played tremendous defense, and Miranda Lohman did a nice job as well back there. And so I think that one of the things that, you know, a team will play us and, and they'll get done playing us and we'll beat them and they'll say, what in the world, how did that happen? And I think the things that they will probably point to is they just couldn't get a ball down on us. Uh, the things that they're used to doing. And uh, that's just, there's two things we talked about this week is we have to be hungry and we have to work. Um, and those two go hand in hand. And I thought our players really did that and our team did that this week. And when I look at tape, I just feel like we outworked teams. Um, and that's a, a nature of this group. It's a blue collar group. They just are going to grind and they really enjoy working. And so it makes a lot of fun to coach. John Hegerly is our guest. He is the head volleyball coach at the University of Jamestown. Off to a 4-0 start. And uh, what did you like about what you saw this weekend? Uh, you know, we were concerned about our energy and our, you know, our, our teamness. We've always played with a lot of energy. This really helped us. And um, I actually gave our our team a, a challenge. I said, I, I just want us to be one of those teams that our bench has so much energy that the down ref has to come over and say, hey, they need to back up. They can't be close to the court. So in, in the Vanguard match, uh, the ref came over with a big smile on his face and said, I even hate to say this because I love your energy, but they can't get that close to the court. So I just kind of smirked at my bench and got a pretty good hurrah out of that. And hey, that's what it was, is just coming together as a team and, and uh, playing with the amount of energy we did. And I mean, I had coaches, I had fans come up and just said, we just love watching your team play because of how much they enjoy it. One one guy came up and said, your team just plays with so much joy. And I think that's the nature of they really enjoy each other and they really enjoy playing volleyball. That's a good combination. Well, two things, I guess, with this next question is obviously you guys have a, have a group that's been together a little bit, but then also a trip like this out to Oregon certainly is a team bonding experience. Yeah, it was a great trip. Uh, I've never been to Southern Oregon, and none of our players had either. And my goodness, what a beautiful area of the country! Uh, you know, it's got mountains. It's it's. I mean, it's got everything. And so we uh, we had a house out there that our players stayed in, and and they just bonded. And you could see a, a significant difference in our teamness uh, from when we left, uh, from when we got there to when we left. Uh, it just we grew so much as a group, and it was a it was a great five days. Now. 
I having talked with the Oregon Tech people a few times, I know that the travel from Oregon Tech across the country stuff. How was it getting to Ashland? <laughs> it was a long. It was twelve hours of travel. <laughs> we left here at two a.m. on Tuesday, and then we got into to Medford, which is right outside of Ashland, where we stayed. We got in there at noon on Tuesday, which uh, if you do the the time change, it's, that's twelve hours. We had uh, uh, what do we say? We had two buses. Uh, Three planes, uh, two shuttles, and three vans later, we were at our house. So <laughs> it was a lot of switching and layovers and that kind of stuff, but uh, it, it's worth it. Well, let's uh, talk about your team a little bit in terms of who you guys are going to be counting on this year. Who are who are some of the girls that you're expecting to uh, be big pieces of this season? Well, certainly, you know, our returners, uh, if you look in the front row, Isabel Weedle, she's a uh, a third-year senior on her right side, and she's just got better and better every year. Uh, she really came out last uh, f- last fall at Nationals and really led our team and helped our team um, do some significant things there, and, and she just continued that this year. She's just so steady on the right side, and she's just been a great leader uh, for our team. And um, Miranda Lohman uh, as a setter, you know, she's just really quiet and she doesn't show much emotion, but she's always thinking and she's just uh, got a really good volleyball IQ and a good team IQ. Um, you know, and then we have Britta Knutson in the middle who's just gotten better, better. The strength and conditioning program that we've set up now that we were able to run during the, the summer um, has been significant in her growth. When you look at her or when we look at her play, she's just a, a different player than she was last year. And she was really good last year. Um, and then Jordan Thomas as well is just so explosive on the outside. And uh, it was just... I'm glad that the ankle injury doesn't look like it's going to be significant. She's already back playing because uh, we were really concerned right away because she was her best volleyball is is ahead of her, and so we're excited about those four seniors. Uh, we have Ellie Michaelitz on the outside. Uh, she played last year and was a starter uh, for most of the season, and and she's just gotten better and better. Um, certainly, Anna Holen uh, and Jackie Micklejohn they they started last year, and, and it's the same. I could say the same about them, and they they came to the program with a lot of success, and and they knew ab- about that, uh, or how to how they knew the recipe, and they're just getting better, and and we're asking more of them. Um, then we look at Karina Rood in the middle. Um, you know she's just so long and so so uh, um, passionate about playing, and she just had a great tournament as well. And so we're we're excited about her as well. And then obviously we talked about our back row players uh, with Sydney Ellingson and and Hannah Sheely. Uh, you know I knew they could be good. Uh, they really stepped out this weekend and and showed what they can do. And so that's kind of the bar has been set high now. And so now th- now that's the standard is holding our team. Um, to that standard you mentioned the uh the summer strength and conditioning program um i've talked with a lot of the uh, the coaches at the university about this because it does seem like what Ryder's doing has really sort of elevated everybody on campus yeah i really think that was a piece that was missing and i was really grateful that our um, athletic department administration said hey let's add this because uh, it takes it off our plates. You know, I know enough about strength and conditioning to be dangerous. <laughs> you know, I, I think I know, but I really don't. Yeah. And to have someone that knows how to train players in their sports and what they need and how to push them in the ways they need to be pushed, now you can just see a difference in the players that went through that this summer. Well, you have a bunch of uh, a bunch of local girls. You guys have uh, obviously uh, continued to uh, recruit the local area. How important is that for you to get some girls from the local area to come be Jimmy's? Uh, number one, you know, they know University of Jamestown. 
They know what it's about. They've they've grown up with it, and when they say they want to be part of it, they have a clear understanding of what that means. And um, so it's great to have that. Uh, number two is just for uh, summer growth and all those other things that I mean they're here here, and so they can be here all the time. And and then a lot of them know knew each other before they came in, and so they've had relationships and they've developed those relationships. Uh, and then certainly the the community support that we get from the area, uh, whatever the communities they're from, whether it's in Jamestown or whether it's in the surrounding areas, um, it makes it great uh, for our matches and for the things that we try to do, uh, you, you know, as we're sitting out there. And I, I said this to our coaches, I think that most of the teams that we play that are highly ranked, those players played volleyball and that's about all they played uh, all year round for most of their uh, high school experience. And we have players that are all, almost all of them are multi-sport athletes. Uh, and I think that's a big part of it as well is they understand how to compete and they've cross-trained. And I think that's really important as they come into playing. Well, you guys were picked to finish fifth in the GPAC, but that's not necessarily a bad spot to be in. You know that uh, you know, you're going to get four to five, maybe some of your even six teams into the national tournament. So you certainly uh, want to remain in that top half. But how tough is the GPAC going to be this year? Yeah, it's as tough as it as it usually is. Um, you know, our goal, uh, we we thought, you know, we have a our goal of our team is to compete for a GPAC championship. Um, last year, our goal for our team was to finish top five. Uh, you know, going into it brand new and with a brand new group of players, and now uh, that goal has changed, and I think we're off to a good start. Uh, there's were some. When I looked, I think, and this isn't exact, but I looked on Saturday, and I think the GPAC this weekend. Uh, won 44 or 45 matches and lost eight. Yeah, um, it was ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, and, you know, some of the schools that traditionally hadn't won a lot, you know, St. Mary's I think was 8-0 now, uh, College of St. Mary, and uh, Hastings, who I think was ranked maybe 14th, I think that's what it was in the preseason poll. I think they went 0-4, and four, but they played some really tough teams. So it's going to be interesting what happens and shakes up at the top well, we're I excited i saw concordia uh beat a couple of ranked teams this weekend yeah. too so yeah it's it was a it was a great weekend for the g-pack and it's gonna i mean that's gonna be the theme i mean until you start playing each other it's gonna be you know it's yes. it's the best volleyball league in the country wouldn't you say y- yes i would say that you know um it, arguably the I deepest yes yeah. the deepest absolutely yeah. But, uh, well, I appreciate you coming by today and looking forward to uh, the season first home game is Tuesday, correct? Tuesday against Dort. Yeah. We're, uh, my wife is upset because it's their first home game <laughs> yeah. against Legacy. So she's already saying uh, well, we're going to have the most. No, she didn't say that. She just was disappointed she couldn't be there, and I'm disappointed I couldn't see them play. But yeah. that's just the way it works. Yeah, unfortunately, the uh, the radio guy will be at Jerry Meyer Arena that night. Sorry. Hey, I don't blame you. I'd rather be watching her than watching me. <laughs> John, I appreciate the time. Thank you. Yep, thanks, that, Steve. That is John Hagerly, head volleyball coach at the University of Jamestown. Thanks very much, Steve. And uh, John, Steve Linsmeyer with uh, that conversation uh, with John Hagerly. It's 18 minutes past 12 o'clock. This is Super Sports Saturday here on this August 31st of Labor Day weekend. Well, now we're going to talk uh, tennis, high school tennis, and uh, the Valley City Highlander boys tennis team off to a pretty good start this season. And I chatted with Matt Nielsen here earlier. Uh, you know, as a matter of fact, I talked with him yesterday about how this team has gone off to a great start and what he can expect with this tennis team this year. Matt Nielsen, join us. Matt, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me, Paul. Well, I appreciate you joining us, and I tell you what, 2-0 start 
for the Highlander boys and the first match of the year against the West Fargo Cheyenne Mustangs, a first. It was. It was. It was a barn burner, and uh, we, we're joking. So we, are, we 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 have started two and zero, and since we're the only ones that weren't rained out, we are alone on top of the EDC right now, and that's the first time in my tennis career I can say that. Hey, our team right now is alone on top in the EDC. <laughs> so that's that's a lot of fun for our guys. But yeah, our first our first match against West Fargo Cheyenne, it was an absolute barn burner. Uh, we ended up winning all three of the doubles, but what was nuts about it was that we dropped the first set at two and three doubles. And then our kids picked it up, came back, and then we beat them pretty good in the third set, 6-1 and 6-0 respectively. And then at number one doubles, uh, we were down 5-2 in the first set, won the next five games in a row to win the set. And then we dropped the second set before we win the third. So, I mean, we had uh, great perseverance there, and we ended up uh, going up 3-0 going into the singles and only needed two victories to win the match. And in my head, I was like, you know, we've been working singles really hard, more so than I've ever had as a coach this season. So I was pretty confident going in. I mean, I didn't, I didn't breathe that into the players. I just said, hey, you got to go out and play. And then uh, we ended up dropping four out of the six singles. And uh, Blake pulled out a victory out number one singles. But where the key match was, was Derek Bear. Uh, he lost the first set, won the second set. He was up 5-2 in the third set. And he dropped the next three games and then went to a tiebreaker. And we're like, uh-oh. Are we, we going to lose this after sweeping the doubles? But uh, he was down 3-5 in the tiebreak, and then he came back and won the tiebreak 8-6 to then give the Highlanders a victory. So, I mean, we did – so so it goes down in the in the book as, uh, yep, we beat West Fargo Cheyenne, but literally it came down to two tennis points. If Derek Bear at 6-all loses the next two, we lose the entire match. But at 6-all, he won the next two points, and we took, took our first victory, and it was our first team victory for boys tennis to over Cheyenne – uh, since they came online. So it was pr- pretty good first. Your description of that match leads to my next question. I'm seeing it. You see a lot at the U.S. Open now and how tennis is such a mental game. And you you, you got to stay focused. You got to stay composed because if you start getting rattled, uh, things just don't go your way. It, it could it could unravel for for you. But it sounds like for the Highliners, they stayed focused, they stayed composed, stayed within themselves, and that's why they won. Well, and Yogi Berra said about baseball, you know, baseball is 90% mental and the other 50% physical. And I would say tennis, tennis is the same way that uh, uh, how far we're going to go this year, I think it's going to be based on where we can be mentally. So if you look at our you look at our Wapton match we had yesterday. So we beat uh, Wapton 9-0. And in those matches, we had, we had several tight sets, several tight points where things could have shifted either way on, on a few of those matches. Uh, but like Blake Trebold in the first set was kind of mentally not not sound there. But once he figured it out, then, I mean, his, he skyrocketed up. So we have to make it, how do, how do we start every match mentally ready and ready, uh, ready to have that positive attitude, moving your feet every single point you're playing that way. Uh, so I mean, we we struggled there a little bit. Uh, Colin White got down five two in his first set, and he realized, you know what, I'm just going to go play. So he quit worrying about beating Wapiton, and he just started playing. And he's another one. So he's down five two. He wins five games in a row to win the set seven five after filing down five two. Because then he just played tennis. So how do we get that mind frame of hey, just play some tennis? And the other one that was a uh, a little rough was Austin Rogelstead. I have never seen such an unlucky match in my life. He 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 ended up winning the match because uh, six two six four, but I mean his he hit some superb approach shots. The other kid would just barely get a racket on it, and with the wind, it's supposed to be going three feet out, and the wind would push it in in the corner. And Austin would just look at me, and I would just start laughing. <laughs> and he's like, "Really, coach?" And I go, "You know what? It's it's part of the game. You know, in 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 most sports." 
there's always a little luck. It's the ones who can, if you're not on the lucky side that day, who can keep it mentally together and keep playing and, uh, and, and still win, even though the luck of the bounce isn't with you on that one shot. You look at this team this year, uh, Matt, and as you know, it, it's worth saying again, undefeated and, and alone atop the uh, East region standings. It's, it bears repeating. Obviously you have the process that we talk about. Is this team really, if they stay within themselves, could they really have themselves a phenomenal season? Well, this, this team has, has really bought in. Like the practices are really intense. They realize you need to practice how you play. They're buying into the mental side uh, how we're coaching them in singles and doubles. They're executing it. They're asking the questions. They're pushing each other. Uh, and last night at uh, Pizza Ranch, something came up, and my top six actually sat me down and had some things they wanted to talk about. And I'm like, so that's, that's how you know you're doing things right, is that they're not just going to just go eat some Pizza Ranch and hang out, <laughs> but they actually wanted to talk about a couple things and, and figure it out. And we had good discussions on the bus. So I think they're all in the right mind frame, and I think we can be there. And, uh, I mean, we, we there are some very, very good teams in the EDC uh, but but looking at our team, I think that, you know, we're not going to win them all probably, mm-hmm. but I think we can compete with everybody who's on the court. Even if it might say 9-0, if you're at the match, you're going to say, man, Valley City's competing with that team. How does these guys playing tennis throughout the summer help lead into this fall camp? Oh, there's there's a lot of kids who play a lot of tennis. Uh, the Roglestads have put in a lot of time over the summer, so is Colin White. This summer, Blake Trebold put in a lot of time along with Seth Zeltinger and then Kai Kringley, and they're going to not only the Highlander camps, but they're going to uh, uh, the Gus Davis camp where we, where we came up with our uh, our system and our cultures based on Gus Davis, and they're attending the same camp in which our culture is based off of. And then they're going to USTA tournaments, and in the winter they're going to tournaments, and they are... Uh, they're going to our winter hit-alongs hit, hit over in Fargo. So, I mean, they're they're putting in the time, they're putting in the effort, and they're the ones that came to me that wanted a more regimented uh, conditioning process because they're like, hey, we need to get better conditioning coach. So you know you have the team in the right spot when they're the ones that approach you and say, we need to condition harder, we need to condition so that way we can be at our peak performance. So they're not there just to have fun. It is a lot of fun, but they're there to work and they're there to to get as good as they can be to compete when it comes uh, postseason time. And of course, it's fun to win. Yes, yeah, we had a we did have a lot of fun. That West Fargo one was definitely a lot of fun, and then Wapton last night was fun as well. And and uh, we we keep talking about that. Yes, we're we're pursuing excellence, but uh, if you focus on winning, then you're gonna your play is gonna dip down because you're gonna be thinking too much, and you have that little bit of a choke factor if you keep thinking about winning. So you're you're str- you're striving every single point to compete and every single point to win. And then at the end of the match, if you end up winning, that's just a bonus. If you can if you can do the things right mentally and physically, winning's just the bonus. What's next now for Highlander Tennis? Well, we have a non-conference match against Jamestown on Tuesday, and uh, they, they sh- we should have another competitive, very competitive match there. We might switch up our lineup a little bit as it's non-conference. We might see a couple different doubles teams. We did basically the same lineup the first two matches. We might just check her out on Tuesday to see what's going on. And then Thursday is another match that uh, should be very competitive against West Fargo. Uh, two years ago, they clipped us in the play-in match. Last year, we clipped them in the play-in match. So, I mean, uh, it should be, should be one of those that if we get up and go, we should have a lot of fun. All right. Well, Matt, I appreciate you stopping by, and we look forward to talking to you throughout the year. Perfect. Thanks, Paul. I appreciate it.
That is Matt Nielsen, the head tennis coach from the Valley City Highliners here on Super Sports Saturday. As we uh, get it ready to close out, we're going to talk uh, cross-country as the Valley City Highliner Invitation was held yesterday at the Valley City Town and Country Club and Jamestown Blue Jays on the boys' side. It was Valley City, Jamestown, Mayport CG, and Ellendale. And the Blue Jays had the top six finishers at the cross-country meet, and they earned a perfect score, finishing one through five individually. The Jays were led by junior Ben Anto, who finished the 5K in 16 minutes, 46 seconds, and teammate Gavin Howe, who earned the number nine spot in the latest North Dakota Class A boys cross-country coaches poll, finished second. Chandler Rott, Micah Hook, and Deb uh, Zeb Willer rounded out the Jays' top five at the third, fourth, and fifth spots, uh, respectively. And for Valley City, Hale Bernston finished ninth on the boys' side with a time of 19 minutes, 42.48 seconds. The old Thurber, he was a top finisher for Ellendale as he finished in 10th place right behind Burston with a time of 19.47 and 5 seconds. Again, team-wise, Jamestown with the 15 points. Valley City was second with 65. Mayport CG was third with 68. And Ellendale had 90 points, finishing fourth. On the girls' side, individually, Megan Ford, again, continues the 2018 Class A Girls Cross-Country State Champion, clinched the top spot at her second meet of the season. 18 minutes, 1.88 seconds, almost two seconds, uh, two minutes, pardon me, ahead of Kelby Renus from Mandan, who finished with 19 minutes, 50.85 seconds. The top finisher for the Highliners, Greta Govan, was third, and teammate Reagan Berg was right behind her fourth, and Avery Murray was fifth. And uh, those uh, three, along with Stephanie Hofarth, who finished 10th for Valley City, led the Highliners to first place. Valley City with 33 points, finished first on the girls' side. Mandan was second, Jamestown third, Central Cast fourth, and Northern Cast finished fifth yesterday. And that was at the Valley City uh, Town and Country Club, the Highliner cross-country meet held yesterday afternoon. Well, that's going to wrap things up here on Super Sports Saturday. I want to thank Steve Lensmeyer, Greg Grenz, all of our coaches that uh, participated in our conversations today. Another uh, Saturday in the books and coming up on uh, our stations. Again, Twins Baseball this afternoon, 5-10 first pitch, 4-30 pregame this afternoon with Twins Baseball. And uh, those of you down at KDDR, you got the Bison. Bison football coming up today as the Bison open up the season season at target field that's a three o'clock kickoff and they will play butler bulldogs kickoff at three and the pregame at 2 30 have yourself a great rest of your labor day weekend be safe have fun enjoy the great weather we'll be back again next week for another edition of super sports saturday